So eventually, um, we like to have some guests on, but I'm going to have to work on my interviewing skills because each time we do an episode, I go back and listen and I realize I missed like a good follow-up opportunity. So why did you drive three and a half hours to Chicago and pay for an Imagine Dragons concert at the Bulls Arena? Just to hear Take Me to Your Best Friend's House. <laughs> to hear Take Me to Your Best Friend's House. That's it? You just wanted the one song? No, I love Group Love. They just came out with their album that I bought, and I love the album, and they were going on tour. It's Plus, K-Flay was there, too, and she she rocks. I don't know who that is. Oh, well, she was cool. Yeah? Got there for her. her Lily walked in for her one song that I knew. <laughs> we were a There's late. a lot of that. The Pierre's concert last week. I'm sure everybody's just standing around waiting for Weedus to play Teenage Dirtbag, mm-hmm. Living Color to play CM Punk's intro song, Cold of Personality. And then, shit, who's the other band besides Everclear? There were four. Oh, Hoobastank. Hoobastank played. They're, they got some hits. They got like two. Their whole like claim to fame was that the guy was related to Incubus, right? What? He was his cousin or something. That's not why I knew who they were. Here. I've got a computer so I can Google it this time. Uh. Hoobastank cousin. Brandon Boyd. Other notable family members include his younger brother, Jason Boyd, the lead singer of AudioVent. Oh, fuck. The fuck is AudioVent? I don't know. Misinformation. Hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Boyd graduated from Calabasas High School. This is stupid. I'm, I, can't, I can't research and read at the same time. This is, I'm reading the singer from Incubus's bio when I wanted the Hoobastank guy. Shit. This is bad. Never mind. Forget all this. Scrub it. It's trash. Scrap it. All right. Hello. Welcome to the show. What's the worst concert you've been to? Not um, group love, obviously. Group love's sick. It was awful afterward. What was, was afterward? very oh. de- dehydrated out of headache, and we couldn't get a ride in Chicago or an Airbnb anywhere, so we had to sleep in a fucking car in the parking garage by the Blue Line. <laughs> That's awful. Three of us. So dehydrated or drunk? Uh, drunk, dehydrated, took Adderall. How was Imagine Dragons? Did Dude, you guys stick around? Super fucking good. Yeah, big light show. Huge light show. At one point, I swear it was like some like magician trick because they ended up on the complete other side of the stadium. What? Like a mini stage? Another stage? Or they just? Yeah. The lights went down and they like, were like behind you. I wish that'd be fucking sick. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> they were like on the completely other side. They sounded amazing, man. So it was very cool to see it live, especially. And the euphoric state I was in. <laughs> Definitely. That helps. Have you had any like big letdowns where you build up a yeah. concert in your head and you're just like, fuck, this is awful. In second grade, I went to go see Blink. <laughs> and they were so fucking bad that like half the amphitheater left. Like we left. I didn't get to see them. They were like my second favorite band at the time. Who'd they play with? Green Day. Okay. And Green Day was the day. Good though, right? Green Day was awesome. So yeah, it's not a total lost experience then. I think that Billy Joe is such a like perfectionist that they've been good live forever. Do you remember what year this would have been? Uh, 2000. It was like the International Super Hits tour. Fuck. So that's the time to see Green Day. Yeah. Because I was making like a, a bucket list of bands I need to see before they die or I do. And I don't know if Green Day makes the list because I'm risking way too much of their set list being shit. Yeah, man. Like I need a Dookie reunion tour yep. or something. Just like, wait for the reunion. That was the way we did with uh, The Offspring. They played yes. Smash front to back. That was fucking perfect. That's like my favorite album ever, and only thanks to Ryan. Because he let me borrow a cassette tape when I was in high school. Listen to it. Album fucking rips front to back. First cassette tape I ever bought. And uh, it kind of always makes me laugh to think that Bad Religion started this record label. Everybody thought The Offspring was a fucking joke, and his apartment was just slammed with copies of Smash because it was like, 
the best-selling independent album of all time when it came out. There's this 90s documentary about 90s punk music in the SoCal area. Oh, yeah. Tony Hawk narrates it, and, like, uh, they're interviewing everybody about, like, Green Day, Blink, um, all these other bands, and every time they brought up The Offspring, everyone just goes, we have no idea how these fucking guys made it. Like, nobody <laughs> thought they were going to be good at all. It's uh, 1994, I think. Yeah, the two big seminal punk albums that broke into mainstream dookie and smash both came out that year there's kind of a book being written by dan ozzy one of the guys i put out a feeler to to try and get him on the show <laughs> i don't think it's gonna work he wrote laura jane grace's book tranny it was really good but he's got a book coming out called sellout where he goes into the story of all these punk bands making their major label debuts so he goes into the story of dookie being made enema of the state being made um there's quite a few. So there's like big examples where a band broke huge, like Blink, when they dropped Enema, they were massive. And like Jawbreaker, where the whole thing kind of caved in and it was looked at as this huge failure at the time, but now everybody looks at it as one of the most influential bands of that era. So do you have anybody anybody out there that you haven't seen that you'd like to see as kind of a bucket list for when uh, concerts come back? Man, and there's some that are never going to be. I would love to see Nirvana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what sucks, because, yeah, when I was making my list, I was like, well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. The last tickets I bought, actually, before COVID were a Father's Day present for my dad. We were going to go see Ozzy Osbourne on his farewell <laughs> tour, and now he has Parkinson's. It's never going to happen. Wait, your dad or Ozzy? <laughs> not, not my dad. Okay, good. Ozzy has Parkinson's. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that got canceled. I don't think I'm ever going to get to see Ozzy. I missed out on the Black Sabbath farewell tour. Beastie Boys, too late for that one. Dead Kennedy's probably never going to happen because Jello's a fucking petty turd. Ian McKay, anywhere? Like in any band he's in? His new band's really good. Did you listen to, uh, shit, what are they called? Corky. No. They're very good. Their record's good. It's uh, kind of like the Evens. Not quite as uh, experimental as Fugazi, but definitely slower tempo. Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah, they came out with a self-titled release two years ago. Yeah, but anything Ian does would be cool because like, I don't think I'll ever get to see Minor Threat. Most of mine are actually somewhat current. Like, I really want to see Converge. I really want to see Cursive, mm, mm -hmm. Magnetic Fields, Borderline, Rolling Stones. I've, I've realized I'm way more Rolling Stones than Beatles guy, but... The price is probably going to scare me away from ever actually doing that. Same yeah. with Kanye. Let me think about bad bands I'd want to see. Puddle Mud. I thought you saw them. No, I just told a story about how they were so bad at the uh, the Rusty Spur here that they had to kick them off stage. I thought you went. You said you went. I did not say I went. Go if back we and had a researcher it. right now, we could pull up the fucking tape. You can pull up the fucking tape yourself. You have it. I think I asked you what was it like, and you're like, uh, it was not bad. No, nope, didn't <laughs> you, say that. You acted like you were there. I, I could have, but I didn't say I was there. <laughs> I would have never said I was there. I wish I was there. Well, me too. I see there. I'd see Puddle Mud and fucking see there. See there? Why would you watch see there? Down, 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 down. The song fucking rips. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs> I would not want to go see Seether. <laughs> okay, cool. Then don't go with me. <laughs> I didn't invite you anyways. <laughs> I mean, mine are probably like Green Day, Blink, Smashing Pumpkins. Like, I want to see them just on the off chance they play good music, but they probably won't. Yeah, and you're going to have fucking Matt Skiba singing too. Yeah. That's probably one of my biggest letdowns, actually. Twice. I went and saw... Alkaline Trio at the Warp Tour, <laughs> circa 2003. So I was really hyped to see him. And Skiba was drunk in a camouflaged bucket hat. 
and he forgot the words to my friend Peter, and it really pissed me off. I felt I felt betrayed <laughs> because that's such a good song. Too. I know, and I was like, oh shit, they're playing it, they're playing it. No, he didn't know the words. That was that was bad. But then he saw them with me, and they were super good, right? Did and we see him? Oh yeah, we did see him later. Yeah, yeah dude. A few warp tours later, we saw him. He he opened with Private Eye. He was actually really fucking good and sober. They ended with '97. You were stoked. Oh yeah, that was another deep cut they pulled out. That was yep. good. But the time before that, uh, my friend got tickets to go see him for his birthday in Cincinnati, and we were young enough that his mom had to drive us all there, and we went to stay at a hotel and all that. But we got there and realized that they bailed on the show to do Letterman. <laughs> And Alkaline Trio did Letterman? Yeah, they were what? on Letterman that night. I'm pulling that up. And so we didn't get to see Alkaline Trio. We got to see From Autumn to Ashes. Fuck that. <laughs> and Reggie in the Full Effect came out. Also fuck that. No, dude, Reggie fucking rips. <laughs> what did you just say? I said fuck that. Have you even listened to it? Probably. Aren't they kind of ska? No, they're not ska. Oh, never mind. What the, you're thinking of Big D in the kids' table. Maybe. That Reggie sounds... and the Full Effect is awesome. They were really good. They came out in trio outfits and kind of made fun of the whole deal that no, they ditched. Uh... Yeah, they did the red ties and the mascara. That's funny as fuck. It was great. They played a Rain and Blood cover. Saved the show. Dude, tell the story about your Suicide Machines concert you went to. There isn't really much of a story except That's for... still kind of funny. I think it was like the first winter that I was 16 and... We were just bored living in fucking Fort Wayne, Indiana in January, and we had a driver's license, so we're like, let's go fucking do something. So we searched all these websites trying to find anyone on tour, which nobody tours in the winter because it fucking sucks to tour in the winter. And we ended up on Side One Dummy's site and saw that the Suicide Machines were playing in fucking Flint, Michigan. So we're like, hell yeah, fuck it, let's go tomorrow. Me and two of my friends got in my car, drove from Fort Wayne to Flint, two and a half, three hours about, some random ass like biker bar in Flint, Michigan called The Machine Shop, I think. And yeah, we didn't realize it was at a bar. So we get there, like, fuck, what do we do now? Two of the kids with me didn't even have their IDs on them. So it's not like they could even try to get in. I'm like, well, fuck it. We made it this far. So I'm at least just going to show him my driver's license and hope he's an idiot and let me in. And he did. And it worked, and I got in. Oh, I thought you didn't get in. No, I got in. The two guys I went with did not. Oh. <laughs> they awkwardly waited out in the car. But uh, Jason, the singer, came out and hung out with him and met him and signed all this shit for him and gave him free shirts. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, we're never f- playing a fucking 21 and over show ever again. You guys rule, blah, blah, blah. The one dude that went with me still, like, talks to him on Facebook all the time. Like, they're buddies. <laughs> That's, yeah, not a story. That was a fucking good story. It's an okay story. I, I didn't mean, even realize that you got in. I thought nobody got in. No, I got in. I was, yeah, 16. I showed him my ID. He just, I guess, didn't give a shit. So who's the best performances you've ever seen? I'm going to go out here and say a really weird one. Go I, for it. I wouldn't go watch them again, but All American Rejects. I don't even, not even a fan of them. They were good, yeah. They were super fucking good. They we, were pretty wild for a mainstream band. Like yeah. Like crowd surfing on an air mattress or something? Yeah. My expectations weren't set at all. If they were, they were set really low. We had to stay there because Ryan's sister came with us. Yeah. So we had to watch them because that was the only band playing before we left. And they were fucking really good. Like, sounded good. The act was good. Um, another one, Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah, they they were fucking awesome. As far as we just... Are we talking about, like, stage presence and energy or, like, they sound like they did on the record? 
either. Okay, because Manchester Orchestra sounds really fucking good in a closed venue. Yeah, I think like overall concert experience, I got to put Riot Fest 2016 up there because that was just front to back. Like if I had to curate a lineup of dream bands, I think they got about as close to as possible as you could get for me. Just plus the after show. Yeah, right. We got to go to an after show because Ben tweeted Basement or Citizen. He tweeted one of them. <laughs> basement. Dude, it's only because some girl came up to me and she gave me a shirt and she said, "Give that to whatever the drummer's nickname is." So I'm like, "Hey, this is for blah blah blah. This is for blah blah blah." I finally got their attention and they were like, "Oh, thanks." And he put the shirt on. And then I tweeted at him after. I'm like, "Hey man, I need tickets for the show. Like I gave X his shirt." And they were like, all right, you got like a plus one at the after show. And like, oh, that's right. And we still got Nate in anyways. Yeah. I was like, we're going to go. Because we had, we had actually had a plus two. I was like, fuck it. Let's just go and try to get them both in. If not, then we don't go. Or we leave Nate outside by Stan's Donuts. We're really fucking smearing doormen. They're not doing their jobs. I know. That's the thing. I, I just walked up there and I was like, Ben Kelly plus two. She looked at it, looked at me and was like, okay, you're good. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that everywhere I go. <laughs> Dude, at a, I did the same thing at Cedar Point one year. I go the back. The fast pass? You're just like Ben no, Kelly and dude. walk to the front? <laughs> no. You, they like have the resort area in the back, so if you go there, you can get in an hour early. Oh, yeah. And you can go like play volleyball and get on the beach and stuff. So I go out there. There's a guy that has a little booth, and he's like, what's your reservation? I'm like, it's under Ben Kelly. He's like, oh, I, I, I don't see it. I didn't have one. He was like, Kelly, yeah, K-E-L-L-Y. It's not the E-Y. And he looked at it again. He's like, oh, there it is. I see it. Have a good day, sir. <laughs> they don't want confrontation. No. They don't get paid enough for it. So you can really just kind of... Half a life is just confidence. If you can outconfidence the person you're trying to swindle, that's yeah. all it takes. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. Just going to fucking Taco Bell. I didn't order this shit. You're going to get your money or a free taco or maybe oh, yeah. a loogie. <laughs> One time Ryan went to Taco Bell and he just... One time, goes, just once. <laughs> But he said, can I get a water filled with Sprite? And the guy said, yeah. You remember that? I don't think that's a true story. That is a fucking true story. A water filled with Sprite? Yeah, because it was basically a way of saying, like, I want a Sprite for free. I don't think I did that. Oh, no, no. I think I know what you're talking about. I brought in an empty gallon of water and filled it up under the Baja fountain. (laughs) I do remember that, though. That was before it was canned in stores. Yeah, I don't. Taco Bell doesn't have Sprite. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> this is the Puddle of Mud concert all over again. <laughs> There's a new Kanye record supposedly coming out today. Are you what? Are, what are your feelings on Mr. West? Yeah, I'd still listen to him. I think he's. Uh, I don't think he's lying when he says he's a genius. Yeah, he's definitely uh, not the most humble dude. But when it comes to like bragging about uh, material possessions, I can't relate to that whatsoever. So I don't really care. Not a big Jay Z fan. No, nah, not really. <laughs> I think. Uh, never mind. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, the song he did with Kanye in Paris is a sick song. Yeah, that is. You just didn't want to say, you didn't know how to say the song name, did you? (laughs) No, I didn't. Um, My dude's in Paris. My dude's in Paris, yeah, that song's (laughs) fucking sick. Best fucking hip-hop song in a while. Dude, I love that song so much. It's great. It's really good. But all the brags, man, I just, I can't do too much of it. Like, basically the same thing over and over, which I think I'm drawn to, like, more music that's a little more, uh vulnerable like a band i really like recently is like microwave he's not talking about his come up he talks about his come downs and his downfall is like how he slept in a car in the back of a dunkin donuts for fucking ever like i think that's more relatable to people than having fucking bands of cash on him i mean that's a good evolution in the genre where you have like kendrick lamar who's 
the best rapper going right now. And his last album was about how I'm not even the best rapper I've ever known. Like there was a guy who was way better than me and he died. I just yep. happened to be here right now. <laughs> yep. Kendrick's fucking awesome. Uh, he keeps it super real. Tyler keeps it super real. I think Kanye more than anyone kind of tests the whole separating art from the artist thing for me, especially with his whole MAGA presidential binge the last year. He said some really shitty things about slavery being a choice. And Well, if you... I'm just kidding. <laughs> you trying to defend him? <laughs> no. I would never defend that. I feel like as a society, we kind of love a comeback story. So like, we want to see Kanye come back from this divorce, from this stupid-ass presidential run. We want to see him humbled. <laughs> We want to see him, you know. Yeah, but we don't want to see LeBron win. It's fucked up. Well, LeBron didn't have a downfall, did he? People say he is right now. <laughs> You're <laughs> on this LeBron idiot. shit again. Skip Bayless is getting in your feelings, man. You need to unfollow him. Oh. It's all an act. He's just trying to elicit a response, and he's doing very well with you. You really think so? Yeah. I don't. You can't be a serious sports journalist and say the degrading shit he does about LeBron. There's so many people that like fucking retweet it and believe it, though, but... Because they just... It's confirmation bias. They want to shit on LeBron. They have someone saying it for them because they hate him for whatever reason, whether it's politics or they like Michael Jordan's era better or whatever. People pissed that he left the Heat. People pissed that he left the Cavs. Everyone I know who shits on LeBron for the most part are a bunch of fucking white people. And there's a bunch of them that just started shitting on the NBA recently because they think they're imposing the Black Lives Matter view on him, which is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. So there's like I was at a bar one day and I wanted the NBA game on. Someone was like, nobody watches the NBA anymore. It's falling apart. Blah, blah, blah. Like all you're telling me is that you have a disdain for black people. Basically, because the league actually stands up for fucking black empowerment, whereas the NFL is going to come back five years after the fact and say, yeah, I guess Kaepernick was right. Sorry about that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, too political, but that's, I started talking about LeBron, my bad. That's where we're at. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's kind of the whole Kanye complex too. Like, is anyone just famous and universally beloved? Like, if you're around long enough, people find things to pick apart and hate about you. Like, oh, yeah. The Rock, maybe? Is that like the only? Yeah, nobody hates The Rock. Nobody hates The Rock. Or John Cena. Unless you're Vin Diesel. I guess Vin Diesel hates The Rock. But... He has to, though. That's yeah. his character. Well, no, I think they legitimately hate each other. Oh, why? They have beef. Uh, I think it stems from Vin Diesel thinking he's the reason that Fast and Furious is successful, and The Rock thinks that he came in and saved it. I watched Fast the other day, the new one. Fast 9? Yeah, it's the only one I've ever watched. Yeah? I was like, okay. So you went to the theaters? Nope. I watched it on plane to Florida. Oh, they had it on the plane. Shit. You no, know, my... My nephew had it on his iPhone. Wait, he had it on an iPhone? You're pirating shit. Maybe it wasn't 9. My bad. It's... <laughs> the Rock was in it, though. Oh, yeah. If The Rock was in it, it wasn't 9. The Rock has left the franchise. Oh, damn. I didn't know they had a real beef, though. That, that sucks. Yeah. Behind the scenes beef. They wouldn't film scenes together. Yeah, they're done. I know. I feel like a lot of people do like uh, John Cena, too. So people just yeah. love these big buff guys that know how to act goofy. Yeah. I think. Unless you're uh, Mark Wahlberg and you have a really racist past. Oh, does he? Yeah, you don't want to Google that. But I mean... That sucks because I think Mark Wahlberg's like fucking hilarious and not even on purpose half the time. He is funny. And I don't know. The whole cancel culture thing feels like it's really polarizing. Like either people say, oh, you shouldn't be canceling people, blah, blah, blah. It's this witch hunt. Or people say you need to hold everybody fucking accountable for everything all the time. 
there needs to be some fucking leniency in this. Yeah, dude, you can hold people accountable, but then, like, if you can think people can change for the worse, then why the fuck don't you think they can change for the better? Like, if you haven't made a stupid fucking mistake in your life or said something, you probably, everyone's probably said something behind closed doors. Well, no shit. I cannot imagine the terrible fucking track record I would have if I had Same. Instagram and Twitter in middle school and high school. Oh, yeah, dude. I, we grew up in Busco. We're ignorant fucking kids. I mean... That's what sucks about, like, especially athletes. When you are watched from such a young age, like, you have these baseball players in high school retweeting rap lyrics as a fucking high school kid, and they're like, no, we can't sign him to our major league team. Said the N-word in 2013 on Twitter. I went to a Kendrick concert at Hangout Fest, and he brought up a girl to sing Mad City. Oh, yeah. I, I remember seeing the video clip of this. Yeah, I was fucking there for that. So he brings her up. It almost seemed like it was staged because he brought her up and she like knew all the words, started singing it. And where then he was like, whoa, 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 stopped it. Like the whole crowd started booing her. It's like, damn, you really put this girl on fucking blast to sing a song that you know. <laughs> you think it was like performance art? He was trying to set her up? Maybe. I don't know. Like, listen, white people, I know you like my music, but. This isn't necessarily for you all the time. <laughs> and you know, you know what fucking blows my mind is the same people booing this girl. Yeah. We're all just singing along to it, saying the word, <laughs> and then they're going to boo her. That was the thing that really blew my mind. We had all this Me Too stuff going on, which is good. People should be held accountable. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. But somebody pulled up a fucking Playboy magazine interview with John Wayne from 1979 saying, oh, look at what John Wayne says about this. Like, the dude's been dead for fucking 50 years. We're Who cares? Shame him in his grave, man. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is the point? They don't even print Playboy magazine anymore. Oh, Why would you bring this up? It's because they want to shame the people who are John Wayne fans. It goes, it starts going to that. We should definitely have accountability, but like also like a little room for um, forgiveness and maybe not immediate forgiveness, but at least let people have a chance to learn from their mistakes, right? Well, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's the principle of accountability. You need to yeah. learn from your mistakes, not just be fucking exiled forever. For sure. It's like the fucking crucible. Do you think anyone can be uncanceled? Is it possible? Yeah. And I think right now, I think the only way to be uncanceled is to you just like lay low for a long enough time period of time and maybe like another fan base comes in like another generation who didn't know the shitty thing you did or said <laughs> and they start picking you up but yeah i think you can be uncanceled i think the creators or the artists or whoever give in to the cancellation and give in to all the hate because they're only seeing the hate well and it scares the shit out of people putting the money up for this stuff oh for sure i think your sponsorships will be canceled but right um, you still have sold out Aziz Ansari, Louis C.K. shows. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, it boggles my fucking mind that Bill Cosby is a, maybe the most predatory serial rapist our country's ever seen, and he still has fans. Like, bro, people are praising his release. I don't fucking get it. He's going on tour. Did you? Hear that? <laughs> he's he's doing a fucking tour to, about male accountability, and like, this shit's insane. Man, I don't know about that. That's Meanwhile, that's so Aziz weird. is like too ashamed to even star in his own Netflix show anymore. Yeah, and what did he even do again? <laughs> he seems like he was just real aggressive on a date. Like I read the report of it, and yeah, it seemed real nitpicky. Like I, it feels odd to try and cast judgment on these experiences where you don't necessarily know everyone's truth and everyone's perspective. But yeah, Aziz seems real, like real flimsy. Louis C.K.'s, I still can't make up my mind. I think I've got my blinders on just because I identify with his overly pessimistic worldview. 
But then I'll go back and listen to one of his stand-ups, and he'll say something super pervy, and I'm just like, oh, God, that aged like shit. I didn't, I don't want to hear him talk about that stuff. I feel like a documentary is like the final nail in the coffin. Once there's a documentary on you, you're done. Yeah, you're fucking R. Fucking Kelly. Done. That he was kind of like, eh, I don't know, maybe I'll still listen. That documentary hit, and he was just done. Woody Allen, done. What happened to him? Woody Allen was like grooming his stepdaughter, if I remember right. Oh, that's fucking weird. Very, very strange. And yeah, it was kind of long enough ago that people didn't really know all the details about it. But yeah, this documentary on HBO makes it really hard to fucking defend him. <laughs> I feel like the only one to survive the documentary treatment has been Michael Jackson. Like People still fuck with Michael Jackson just because of the music. Yeah. But there's this weird narrative around like, well, you have to be a tortured artist to have this greatness. I just feel like that's bullshit. I think you can be a decent person and make good art. Yeah, you for sure can. And maybe some of that, the good art comes from like, I think there's sometimes it can be like, genetics or like bad habits and like you truly want to break that you truly don't want to be a piece of shit like i don't think that i don't think pedophiles necessarily want to be pedophiles no i think if you think about a lot of this thing it's a chemical imbalance it's a psychological issue and our treatment of it is to just throw these people in prison where they're going to get absolutely fucking annihilated it's not again correcting any behavior or trying to learn from it and I think with Michael Jackson, there's obviously some fucking trauma there where this is deep-seated within his own childhood. And there are plenty of artists, you know, that have problematic shit in their past, like Prince and David Bowie, where I love their music. But yeah, if you do a fucking Google search on them or Led Zeppelin, you're going to find some troubling shit. Dogs are fighting. <laughs> yeah, man. Like even Chester Bennington, he was... Uh... Sexually abused. I mean, the dude ended up hanging himself. Like, I don't know if you've ever listened to any fucking Linkin Park lyrics, but they're not optimistic. Yeah, for sure. There's signs. I mean, Eminem went into that thing on his, uh, what was it, Relapse album, where he talks about being molested as a kid. Yeah, there's some dark shit, man. You hearing something? Yeah, dude, it's your leg. I, I got restless leg syndrome, so I'm probably bouncing the desk. Yeah, if you hear that in the podcast, it's just Ryan's leg. Or a dog fighting. Or th- definitely dogs fighting. Or Golden Face, who's now named Milo. No more Golden Face. No more Golden Face. It's too many syllables to yell when she does <laughs> yeah. bad shit. Gold Face! I could do that. Yeah, Gold Face. Gold Face! No end. Gold Face. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. It's quick. But yeah, I think the only thing that makes you canceled is also allowing yourself to be canceled. So if something happened to me, because um, I've done some stupid shit in my past, I'm sure I've like, I think in like early college or like, Late high school, I probably sent like an unsolicited dick pic or two. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, but like it's getting personal. But I've had unsolicited like pictures from other girls sent to me, so like I didn't think anything of it. And uh, I, granted, it was the same people that was sending me stuff already. Maybe we can cut this whole part out. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like I wouldn't do it now. Yeah, like, <laughs> I wouldn't do any of that stuff now. Like I would, I don't know. I feel like we're worse now than we were then. We're like shit posting on Twitter, like. Making an honest account so we can say the shit that we wouldn't say on our public accounts, like, it's damn near almost gotten worse. There's a lot of stuff where we're just figuring out this technology all at once between, you know, privacy issues, pirating things. It's all just a big, messy, wild west of the fucking internet. And, yeah, the anonymity of it all is really fucking scary because anyone can pose as anyone else, be fucking catfished, hack into your bank account, all this stuff. 
And I mean, that's the go-to line for most people, or it was, if you say something terrible on Twitter, oh, I was hacked. I wasn't liking pictures of dicks. I was hacked. Somebody got into my account. Dude, uh, I Haley. think the Knicks coach did that. <laughs> <laughs> there was another one where the fucking, uh, uh, he was a senator, congressman, or something. He was talking about how Trump was doing so much good, and then he made posted this comment that was like, yeah, under Obama, things only got worse for me. And then they later found that he had like all these burner accounts of like black people. They were like <laughs> fake black people that didn't exist. And he's forgot to switch his shit from his burner account. So he would go in pretending he was a black person trying to say, yeah, like conservative policies are so much better. Obama killed me. I'm so much better under Trump. <laughs> and he posted it on his main fucking account. And he got fucking ripped. And it was hilarious. Who is this dude? We got to look this guy up. Oh. <laughs> Wait, the, the, the headline's great here. I got to read this. A, pol- a politician was accused of using a fake burner account for a gay black Trump supporter. That's when things got weird. <laughs> I just like this quote here. So this is what he <laughs> This is what he tweeted. I'm a black gay guy. Does any black gay guy say that? I'm a black gay guy and I personally say that Obama did nothing for me. My life only changed a little bit and it was for the worse. Everything is so much better under Trump. I feel respected, which I never do when Democrats are involved. <laughs> I love this. The screenshot below is perfect because he has that exact quote of I'm a black gay guy and it's just this <laughs> dorky looking white guy. Yep. Dean Browning PA. God, that is perfect. <laughs> Dude, it's super good, isn't it? That is. When is this? November 10th. This was just last year. Okay. Yeah, dude. I'm surprised you didn't hear about this. This shit cracked me up. It's only going to get worse though because like... This idiot figured out that he can create a burner account and praise himself as somebody fake. Have you seen any of the weird, like, deep fake videos going on? Like, that shit's legitimately scary. I'm scared of me fucking, like, convicted for a crime one day I never committed. Right? Somebody's gonna wear your fucking digital ghost on a camera? Yeah, they're like, look, you're breaking into this liquor store right here. I'm like, motherfucker, that's not me. Like, they have the uh, AI capabilities where they used all of the formulas of nirvana's typical songwriting techniques and made a full new nirvana song did you see that no i would love to hear that though (laughs) this machine came up with a new nirvana song called drowned in the sun back in april of this year (laughs) do you think okay do you think we'll get to the point to where robots are making music and not us kind of i mean i think it's gonna be automated that's that seems to be the general way we're heading as a society now anyways when's the last time you had a cashier ring up your groceries like yesterday really you don't go to self-checkout dude some someone just took them out i forget who it was somebody took their self-checkouts out Kroger's are fucking atrocious i'm always going for self-checkout always even the fucking bank, I feel like kind of a dickhead because I'll walk right by all the tellers and there's no fucking line at all and I still go to the ATM. Wait, no, I got an idea, I got an idea. I mean, you had everyone in Prince's family say that like he didn't want anything to do with holograms or having his likeness being used without his consent and then he's in a fucking hologram. Oh shit, that's an ad. But he's a hologram in the fucking Super Bowl halftime show with Justin Timberlake. What the fuck, where is it? Okay. Let's listen to this one stuff. We got tricked. I don't, that's not it. It could be a different, better one. I don't think so. <laughs> that's not real. Get out of here. <laughs> I do. They 
took they took the lyrics. <laughs> this is just cut and paste every other song. <laughs> get, get out of here. Get this off. Are you serious? Turn it off. Dude, this is dude. We can play this because they don't have the rights to that. Yeah, song. can we play the? Can, can we put it in here? I mean, it's. I think aren't we recording would, it right now? No, it's. I don't got that part hooked up. Oh Jesus! Never um, mind. Never mind. Oh, you should. <laughs> Lol. Never mind. So you told me a long time ago that you thought if Nirvana was still making music, they would sound like puddle, puddle of, of mud, right? Yes. To which I said, "That's stupid." It's not. It's one of the dumbest things you've no, ever said. No, it's not. <laughs> they do the fucking. They're like the shitty off-brand version of Nirvana. Okay, yes, they are. But I think <laughs> that, like, the way he breaks out a key, everything he does with his voice, the way the harmonies follow his, like, weird chord changes when he goes out a key is, like, the most resemblance I've ever heard in Nirvana ever. Right, it but... It sounds like a direct... What I more meant, it was a direct influence and a modern version of Nirvana. And, to be fair, when I say modern version of Nirvana, when I say modern, there's also a little bit of a... Uh, shittiness in that like <laughs> like pearl jam made creed okay like that's that makes more sense because when you said it initially you made it sound like if nirvana was still a band they would put out a song like she hates me and i don't i don't think that's fair to nirvana <laughs> i can see it being like half of she fucking hates me no i don't see, think it'd be full you know how inbred kids have fucked up jeans where they have like extra toes and shit yeah Puddle of Mud is like the inbred offspring of Nirvana. There we go. Where they are just fucked up. They're kind of, there's something off about them. They have extra teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely did say it in the way Cross you first said. But what I more or less meant was that they are a direct product of Nirvana. Right. And I've never heard another band that was like so directly influenced like that. Same with like Creed, Pearl Jam, that shit, you know. But then I, I told somebody else that take one time. They were like, that's like saying Jimi Hendrix. Is fucking exactly like uh No, this is this is my take. I was gonna Lenny say Lenny Kravitz? Yeah. I said, not even fucking close. I said calling Puddle of Mud a modern day not even fucking close. Nirvana oh is like calling God. Lenny Kravitz a modern day Jimmy. You're just Hendrix. saying cause they fucking dress alike and both play guitar. Exactly. That's the point. But that's <laughs> Puddle of Mud ripped their whole aesthetic from fucking Nirvana. I'm not talking about aesthetics at all. <laughs> I don't think Lenny also Lenny Kravitz was like 20, 30 years later? Yeah. Puddle Mud like, came they right were a decade after Nirvana. Later. Okay, there's not a even bit a less whole, of a time Not yet. even a whole decade. <laughs> it was like right there. It was right there. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz was like so far later. He I know, ripped but off his whole look. The general principle is the same. Puddle of Mud is a bad Nirvana ripoff. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't know anything about their aesthetics at the time. I, just, I was talking music. <laughs> I'm talking music too. Like you said, they use the same chord changes. They use a lot of the same vocal tricks. Mm. Mm. That's what you just said, wasn't Lenny it? Lenny Kravitz <laughs> has any of the same vocal tricks Jimmy does. No, he doesn't. But he thinks he's Jimi Hendrix. Let me think. I'll come up with another one. We'll, we'll think. That might not be the best comparison. It's not because it, you're going all <laughs> fucking aesthetic there. And like when I, because I, I can definitely see Creed being like, oh, we were heavily influenced by Pearl Jam. The fucking like. Yeah, that's a good comp. Yeah. But Pearl Jam whoops Creed's ass. Like Creed is a bad ripoff of Pearl Jam. And there's got to be other bands out there like fucking um very close stylistically. We're getting way off topic. Sorry. No, it's we're okay. still talking about music. We got way more off topic when I talked about LeBron James. It's true. We're not a sports show. <laughs> no. I'm doing I'm trying to get more music in, but there's been shit for music releases this summer. Have you noticed that? No. Have you listened to music? Or is... No. 
<laughs> oh, there is a new band I listened to called like the All Get Out or something like that. Is that their name? Have you heard of them? The Get Up Kids? Fuck no, it's not the Get Up Hang Kids. That's Cold War Kids. Oh, shit. Reggie's in one of those bands. I can't remember which one. Um, you listen to Death Heaven at all? Never heard of them. They were they were super trendy when their first record came out, and then it kind of turned on them where everybody thought they were too trendy. But they still make really good music. It's kind of a weird. I think they call it black gaze, where it's like black metal with shoe gaze. Ooh, that it, that sounds awfully trendy. Yeah. Oh yeah. People in California love it. <laughs> they're the only the Portlandians. Yeah, they're the only metal band that's allowed to exist currently. Jesus, is metal too aggressive nowadays? Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, no, I'm serious. Like, do people think metal's too aggressive? Like, seems like it. I would... feel like the whole mallcore bro metal phase of like Lamb Mall of God core. destroyed metal. You know what I mean? Would the fucking Panthers be too aggressive? I don't want to talk about that. We get cut this. <laughs> why it's, it's about music it's bad enough that i'm self-involved to have my own podcast but i don't want to sit here and talk about my failed punk band from i'm just ago. wondering if the, <laughs> the failed punk band would be accepted were they ever no they weren't oh ever God. but like if we went to a bar would people be like why are these guys so loud and in our face like this yeah, is they'd probably be annoying the rail doesn't play metal anymore right they only uh, like yeah i don't know new hippie indie stuff yeah, what what happened? I have a theory that the most popular music of a generation is based on the drugs everyone are taking. Okay. So like 60s, 70s, everyone was on psychedelics, acid, Jimi Hendrix, Grateful Dead. You got all these fucking trippy jam bands. 80s, everybody's fucking coked out of their mind listening to hair metal. 90s, everyone's doing heroin listening to grunge. 2000s, everybody was on fucking Adderall and prescription drugs listening to metal. Now they're all just high. Everybody wants to chill. Yeah, hip-hop's pretty big, though. And rap, like, it's bigger than it's ever been. Kanye, right. Kanye even made a quote. He's like, we are the rock stars now, motherfucker. They are, which is true. But, like, that's, so true. that's kind of my point, though. Hip-hop isn't, other than Tyler, the creator, isn't really in your face anymore. Like, we were talking about Eminem. Like, yeah. There isn't a DMX of this generation. Dude. It's super chill. It is, and I really don't like that. What got me into, like, punk music to begin with was, like, the... Uh, Fuck Drake. I just want to say that I don't like Drake. <laughs> the in your face of it, and like how bratty it could be, but also like what I really appreciated a bit about bands like the Free Fighters and Green Day was that they could be in your face, but also like it was also chill at the same time. Like when I come around, it's like actually a pretty slow melodic song, but it's mellow. Yeah, but it's still like Bush. Even though Glycerin's a soft song, there's still so much like oh yeah aggressiveness and the way he sings it and how i fucking the fuck love that could gwen stefani leave him for that fucking country ass bitch dude what? it <laughs> broke my heart and then fucking dude blake shelton left his like sweet little country girl for fucking no doubt he was he cheated on miranda lambert and That's she's so fucking shitty. she's gorgeous dude it's and, like the punk girl from your high school you go to the reunion and she's married to like the high school quarterback like what what did you what did you become right if like what is your life I've been trying to make a concerted effort to talk about music, even though we don't actually means. have any music to talk about. Yeah, concentrated. I think I said concerted. That isn't a word. Um, I have a little bit of a follow-up on our Black Widow conversation last week because we talked about how much money it made through Disney+. Plus. <laughs> the National Association of Theater Owners came out um, kind of slamming the movie because it had the steepest second weekend drop-off ever for a Marvel movie. And obviously they're blaming this on the at-home release model and saying that, you know, if this was only in theaters, you guys would still be making a lot more money. 
It would still elongate the movie's shelf life. They're saying because it's available at home, you also have another big aspect, which we didn't talk about last time, is the piracy angle. When stuff's streaming, you have crystal clear, high-def copies of brand new movies available online that same day. So, I mean, Black Widow, I think they said it was the most torrented movie for the last two weeks. And it dropped, I think, 67% in the theatrical revenue. So I'm not sure that this whole at-home release thing is going to stick around. Warner Brothers already caught big flack for releasing their stuff same day on HBO Max, especially from directors like Chris Nolan and um, the guy that directed Dune. I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce his name because he's a really fucking good director, but I think he's Canadian. Dude, all right, so... They're getting less revenue from at home than they are from theaters. Studios? You weren't listening at all, were you? I, I just was. I rambled. <laughs> I was. Well, you said concerted, and I kept trying to think of what that meant. Black Widow made this huge amount of money opening weekend, and everybody's like, oh, the movie's back, blah, blah, blah. But then the second weekend, it dropped 67%. And theater owners are saying, yeah, that's because you guys are streaming it at home and people are getting it in other places. You don't have to go to theaters. Okay. So they're blaming the steep drop off, which is the biggest drop off for a Marvel movie ever. Holy shit. Um, on the fact that it's being released at home. But I mean the numbers are still kind of fucky because we're in the middle of a pandemic and Fast Nine was released only on in theaters and it had the same drop. So it's a little bit of a shaky argument. So if they were to keep them in theaters, are they thinking the second week would be bigger? And if so, why? Because it'd be the only place you could watch it. The piracy issue, and also... So the distribution model for this is really weird. Studios get a bigger chunk, so they get up to like 90% of the ticket price on opening weekend on major Marvel Star Wars releases. So if your sales drop 67% in the second weekend, and that's where the theaters actually start to make money, they're getting fucked on this deal. Like all that 90% is going straight to the theaters or straight to the studios and theaters aren't making anything except for concessions, which are marked up out the ass. Yeah, that blows, man. What if theaters started selling like real fucking food? Like, well, some do. I've heard a lot of places are doing like themed menus where they'll come out with like a fucking Mortal Kombat burger or whatever around the stuff you're watching. Yes, dude. But it's going to be expensive. That's the thing. You're going to lose a lot of the low end customers because you're paying for a premium service. You could have both, though. I mean, you could still have your like popcorn and shit and like fanboys come in like people go to harry fucking potter world and spend like me and spend eight dollars on a fucking butter beer yeah it's for just sure cream soda with butterscotch foam on top i could have bought that for like 50 cents right exactly so i don't know what's going to happen with theaters now because um if the studios are pissed ultimately they're in control of how their shit gets distributed out there they're in control of whether people watch it at home or whether they're going to watch it in theaters. But I feel like Disney owns so much, they don't really have too big of an incentive to let the theaters have it for the first two or three weeks, right? Or am I wrong? No, you're right. I mean, that's another thing where it's kind of dangerous to have somebody in the industry have that big a fucking share of all the intellectual property. They can withhold Star Wars fucking marvel anything they want and say hey you're only getting 10 percent of our open weekend deal with it and they're kind of at the mercy of the studios m night Shyamalan's got a new movie out how do you how do you feel about m night you a fan you're kind of snickering i feel like we're gonna watch that movie old and then you're still not gonna know what the fuck happened by the end of it yeah i mean it kind of just looks like the inception planet right where everybody just ages really rapidly 
or not Inception, I'm sorry, Interstellar. Oh, Interstellar. I misspoke. Where they're on that planet and like every oh, minute they're shit. there is like a year on Earth or something like that. Yeah, but that was at least like relative to other planets. It seems like right. there they're just fucking like aging. They're rapidly. literally aging rapidly. Yeah. They probably won't figure out what the fuck happened. And um there's gonna be a twist at the end. I don't know. Well, I'm yeah. interested. There's always a fucking twist. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, he's always got a twist. Is the twist ever going to be that there's not a twist? I was just going to say that. I was going to say, <laughs> what if the twist is there's no twist this time? I mean, it could be. It's a weird line to straddle. As, like, a musician, as a director, you have your trademarks, you have your own style that you want to establish, but, like, how long are you just writing the same style over and over again where it just seems lazy? What if it's just a sequel to Click? What? <laughs> you ever seen the movie Click with Adam Sandler where he keeps fast-forwarding through his life before you know it? He's, like, way too old. Go on. That's it. It's just a sequel to Click. They all did the same thing. It's stuck on fast-forward, and yeah. they're all just aging? Yeah, and then Adam Sandler comes in the end. He's like, you should have learned. That's a fucking twist. <laughs> he just comes out laughing, holding the remote button down <laughs> like a maniacal fucking Wizard of Oz. Adam Sandler is a suicidal old man. He has nothing to live forward. So he's just fast-forwarding the entire planet's existence <laughs> to the end. Okay, but what were you going to say before that, before I made the stupid click reference? No, I'm glad. It's kind of odd. I feel like it's this thing where people consume our entertainment as a product rather than an art. And, you know, you go to McDonald's and you want a Big Mac to taste like a Big Mac every time. You want an M. Night Shyamalan movie to have a twist every time. But, I mean, it does get old. You want some variety. You want these people to grow. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of odd. Like, we talked about... Like Green Day and the Foo Fighters, like they both have tried other things. They're not very good. They can't really replicate their old stuff. So you're kind of stuck in this catch twenty two. Like, what the fuck does M Night Shyamalan do as a? Yeah, you want him to do what they're really fucking good at, or do you want him to do something different and have it be dog shit? Right. Or like Blink One Eighty Two. Like they write cheesy, jokey songs about being in high school and farts. Like, what are they supposed to write about as being forty year old dudes? Yeah, that'd be pa- fucking families. weird if they still did that. I mean, they kind of do, don't they? I Probably. But yeah, I mean, people change too. Like, you can't just expect it to go on forever. Your influences, your preferences. I mean, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I, I found myself falling victim to this last year where when Dunkirk came out, I was like, ah, this is kind of this is kind of plain for a Nolan movie. I want there to be all these layers of, you know, intellectual puzzle-solving <laughs> shit going on. It's just a war movie. But then he comes out with Tenet, and it's like he's trying to imitate himself. It doesn't feel genuine. It feels like leftovers. So you think you think Tenet was just a really awful parody of himself? It's like the shit he made? Kind of. It felt like, yeah, reheated Inception leftovers. Ooh, that sounds good, though. No. I love Inception. It wasn't. Did you watch it? All right, what do you got for recommendations this week? I think you should leave. So fucking funny. You didn't recommend it last time, did you? I honestly don't remember. He Ryan recommended <laughs> me to watch it after. On or off the air, I don't remember. I think you should leave is one of the funniest fucking shows I've ever seen in my life. No, I did recommend it. I remember now. To everybody? To everyone, yes. Um, well, then I just suck at his recommendation. All right, we're doubling down. You got anything for music? All time low, or what was that band? All out. Uh, please don't say all time low. I mean, got... I'll, I'll get out. Really I'll good. get out. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I've been listening to lately? What's that? Not new. Leftover crack. Joking victim again. They fucking rule. Which one do you like better? Shit, I don't know. Five hundred channels is probably my favorite song between the two. Like out of everybody. Yeah. Um, the lyrics are also super fucking good in that. But man, I think leftover crack probably is better for sure. Yeah, I ordered a leftover crack shirt on Etsy the other day. I'm stoked. Yeah. I just realized in my mind, my mom can't 
not let me wear this right now, so I'm going to fucking buy it. <laughs> Somebody I knew in high school got expelled for writing Rock the 40-ounce lyrics on his uh, math test. <laughs> Didn't he put Chris it on Smith. his I-step? Like, he filled it in on a state test. Maybe. And submit, that was, yeah. <laughs> and, like, the dude would never do this stuff. That wasn't even suspension. He got expelled for that, right? Yeah, he got expelled from school for the, at least the rest of the year. I'm going to go with the recommendation that I uh, tried to recommend on our first episode and deleted. I've got to go back to it because it's really good, and I need to shout it out again anyways. It's called Proof by Downhall. It is a... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like indie, mellow, desert rock. It's really good. Desert rock. I'm a big fan of it. Um, And then movie-wise, I got to go with the Fear Street trilogy. Last installment came out a couple weeks ago. It's really, really good. It's almost like a season finale. If you watch all three of them, it's like a little series. But I think they split it up into movies so that it doesn't get so closely compared to Stranger Things. But I'm going to say it, this has a way better story and message than any of Stranger Things. Than Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't just copy Twin Peaks, so there's that. Copy Twin Peaks? The Upside Down, the Black Lodge, hello. Put it together. At least they they only show the Black Lodge in like one episode. I know, Stranger Things milks that shit because they don't get anything else. Well, it's fucking awesome the way they do it. No, it is good. The best thing about that show is like the cast chemistry. On Stranger Things? Yeah. A lot of their plot points, though, are like straight ripped from 80s movies yeah i can see that i think that was kind of the whole vibe they were trying to give though i mean right. it really takes place in the 80s doesn't it yeah i mean you can take place in the 80s without ripping <laughs> off et it's a good point it sounds stupid saying <laughs> or that. firestarter or you know i've never seen firestarter you, have you seen stranger things you've seen firestarter shit dude <laughs> you, do you think every season was a ripoff or i mean not directly, but there's, I don't know. It borders the line of homage and copying a little too closely for my taste. I agree with that. We're at 90 minutes, though. Shit, we're done. Nah.